come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you list of things to do to uh, work hard and climb out of it. <laughs> Surely that's what it says, right? <laughs> Many lists. Uh, no, I will give you something. I, I, lo- I love it that when we talk about God and Jesus and the things of God and the blessings of God, it's always in terms of a gift. I think part of the problem that maybe a lot of folks have with grace, with the topic of grace, is they don't understand in our culture, maybe it's our Western culture, we don't understand the concept of just a pure gift. You know, even at Christmas time, we, we now call it gift exchange. We talk about exchanging gifts. Have you ever been to somebody's house and you, and they had a gift for you and you didn't know there was going to be gifts and so you, you felt all awkward and weird and, you know, it needed an explanation. Well, I didn't know we were exchanging gifts. Well, we're not. We're just, we just thought of you and got this for you and wanted you to be blessed. Yeah, but, you know, I, I should get you something. And it, depending on the quality of the gift and the quality of the relationship, we might actually go out the next day and find them something and then, and then, you know, deliver it or have it delivered or something. And you were so generous and I thought that you should do this. So we don't understand the idea. And, and of course, religion has done a good job of giving us a bill that we owe God so that everything that we even do that would come just gushing out of our heart because of love for God, we end up doing it in some sort of a repayment. And and the thought of, well, he's done so much for you. You know, he's done this much for you. Don't you want to do something back for him? And so, you know, we get the joy of uh, we, we, we talked about tithing and giving and these things. We talk about the joy of it, the joy of of prayer, the joy of uh, Bible study, uh, the joy of being involved in church or whatever. It all gets jerked away from us, gets ripped away from us. Are you follow me? Because uh, it now becomes an obligation. And so it's kind of like gift giving. If it, be, if it becomes this heavy obligation, then the joy of giving is taken away. But, you know, God understands the pure gift. He gave us Jesus. He gave us his righteousness, not some inferior sub-righteousness. He gave us his his goodness, his grace, his righteousness, his completeness. Amen. Uh, with without any strings attached. Hallelujah. And so that everything we do then to God and 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 towards God comes out of uh, just a pure heart of love. Amen. And then all the joy of 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 what some term serving the Lord or being involved with the Lord, all the joy of that returns. And it's like a privilege to do it. Praise God. Instead of an obligation. So if you've got an ob- obligatory kind of Christianity, uh, that's going to bite you at some point in your life. And, and I'll tell you when it'll bite you. It'll bite you when the crisis of life comes to you. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagan used to say all the time, the crisis of life comes to everyone. And I used to hate it when he said that. He said it a lot and I hated it. And I would rebuke it in Jesus name when he said it, because bless God, I'm a faith person and I have what I say and I'm not receiving that. So he would say that. You know, the, the father of the modern day faith movement would say that and then I would rebuke it. I'd be sitting at the piano bench or something. I would rebuke it. I don't receive that. I'm not I, I'm going to be the one that doesn't have any crisis comes to life. Now, you know, it's funny about crisis in life. Is that, you know, we, 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 we don't expect it and don't like it. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, people will come to me and say, Pastor David, I tell you, I don't know what's wrong. You know, I, I've got, I've got financial problems. I've got marital problems. I've got health problems. I've got all these problems. What's wrong with me? And I'll always tell them, well, just sit down, brace yourself. I've got some really bad news. Oh, I knew it was terrible because I'm just going through the valley of the damned. You know, I don't know. It's just really bad. All the things that's happening. 
what, <laughs> what, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? I've prayed. I've sought the Lord. I've checked my heart. You know, I've checked the horoscope, everything, you know. <laughs> it's a joke. Come on. <laughs> when I pastored, I was always going to buy one of those big, you know, plastic zodiacs and put on the back wall just to upset charismatics. <laughs> it would send them into some sort of a chant for a week, you know. <laughs> Blood, oil, all kinds of things, just to get them going, you know. Say, watch, I just ruined her week with my Zodiac. Yeah, because everything's spooky, you know, spiritual. Well, I said, sit down, have a seat, <laughs> brace yourself. What? What's the bad news? What is it? It's, uh, you're alive. That's the bad news. <laughs> Dead people don't have these challenges. So, you know, we understand if we're alive on this earth, we're going to be challenged by life itself. But thank God there is answers in Christ. Amen. And so Brother Hagin used to say, well, the, you know, the crisis of life comes to everyone. And, uh, and so the nice thing about that is you don't have to look for the open door. I'll tell you what the open door is. You're alive. There's the open door. And, uh, and so it's it, you you overcome thank God by the blood of the lamb you overcome by his finished work and know that he's already got you and is already doing all the stuff that needs to be done amen, amen. praise the lord well it says here i will give you rest so rest is a gift we don't have to work now you see you have to watch it if you're if you're from the faith movement You'll have to watch it because what you'll be tempted to do, really tempted, is replace faith with grace, and now you'll be working to, to operate in grace. I was at a meeting where a guy said that, a friend of mine. I won't call his name. He's doing better than me. He's got a bigger mailing list than I have. That's a joke. It is true, but it is a joke. But, you know, he 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 says... You know, he had some some meeting where they had, you know, 19 steps to operating in greater grace or some nonsense. I said, oh, God, you know, we just always got to add steps to it and work for it. You know, even grace, even the gift of grace is now worked for. <laughs> it's easy to do. You just take all your CD covers and change the word faith out and put grace in there, you know. And then, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're preaching grace now, too. Have you heard? The 19 steps to grace. Praise God. Well, it says here, I will give you rest. Hallelujah. It's a gift. Amen. So how about just receive it and say thank you. That's plenty. You don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You shall find what? Rest. Thank God for resting in Christ. Thank God for resting in His finished work. Thank God we don't have to strive and sweat and, uh, and work hard to receive anything. Like receiving becomes... How hard is receiving? You just lift out your hands and take it. Somebody's handing you something. You know, you don't need a Ph.D. in receiving. Nineteen steps to receiving. Did you get that series? Makes good prop for under the furniture if it's... Okay. We should put out a... Uh, we should put out... We should put out like a thing, like a, a top ten things to do with bad... CD series. <laughs> you know, leveling furniture is one. What do you think? I don't know. Just an idea. All right. Uh, praise God. Relabel it. Put grace on it. That makes it a grace series. Praise the Lord. All right. You, uh, you shall find what? Rest in under your souls. Oh my God, that's a huge thing. Rest unto our souls. We need rest in our souls. We need rest in our hearts, in our emotions. Amen. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Now, you know, all that's nice. and We've sung that song for years in Pentecostal land. But uh, you'll uh, notice this from the common English Bible. I really like the way it, it's put. It, it really brings it home. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine those? You ever been there with your Christian life? Struggling hard. Struggling hard with faith. Struggling hard with giving. Struggling hard with prayer. I'm struggling hard. Trying to do all kinds of, uh, you know, difficult things. Well, you that are struggling hard. Now, you know, again, you know, you have folks come to you. Folks say, well, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to serve the Lord. And I always say, well, I command you to stop it in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Just quit, man. (laughs) As long as you're trying to do it, there's impossible to let God do much, you know. And actually, you become that enemy of the cross of Christ because you're competing with the finished work with your work. You're going to prove something to God. Why do we feel this need to prove something to God? Going to show God something. Impress God. What What is that about? Well, I'm delivered from it, but, you know, if you want it, you can have yours and mine. Praise the Lord. Like you start preaching on grace and righteousness and somebody always says, well, what about sin? Well, according to 2 Corinthians 5.19, Amplified, mine's canceled. Now, let's what now should we talk about canceled sin? (laughs) What about sin? You know, he can't do away with sin. Well, God did. (laughs) Why can't preachers? Just asking. I'm seriously asking, wondering what what is that about? Well, what about well, what about sin? Well, what about it? Minds canceled. Past, present, and future. Now, if you want to hang on to yours, you can have yours, and I'll give you, I'll ship you mine too. Praise the Lord. We'll get up a whole group of folks. You can be so burdened. You'll have to be at the top of every prayer list. People used to come to me when I preached, you know, a lot of churches, they'd say, Put me on your prayer list. I said, I don't have one. Now, they look at you (laughs) like you've just, you know, kicked over a Mary in the bathtub in Louisiana. (laughs) You ever seen those out in the front yard? Fiberglass now. Lasts longer. Like you've kicked the sacred cow. I don't have a prayer list. Well, what do you mean you don't have a prayer list? I don't have I don't have one. I don't have one. I can't put you on it. What would I pray anyway? Well, pray the Lord will bless me. He's already blessed you with all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, pray that I'll have more love. Well, that's impossible. The love of God's been shed abroad in your heart. Well, pray that I'd get more faith. Faith came when you heard the gospel. The first time, all the faith you'll ever need. You got it the first time. You don't have to work on that. Well, pray that uh, prosperity will come to me. You got that in the covenant. Praise God. What else you got on your prayer list? Not a whole lot to pray for you. How about pray that you learn English and read the Bible? I'll pray that. How's that for a prayer? Praise the Lord. Go to night school. They'll pay you to learn it. Hallelujah. Federal program, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Come to me. It's just like it's just like Christian small talk, that stuff. You know, they can't talk about the weather or the news or Downton Abbey. (laughs) They have to talk weird prayer stuff. Well, pray. Keep me in your prayer list. Well, what would we pray? You start that. You just aggravate them so much. They finally leave, (laughs) which was the goal. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it works. (laughs) Come to me, all ye who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads. I'm just carrying such a burden here. I'm the head prayer mama around here. I've got all the heavy loads. 
Well, come to Jesus. Prayer person with heavy load. We'll get you set free. Won't even require a, a, a bucket. To cough it up. I, come on, this is Tulsa. We know everything here. I will give you rest. Put, put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. And you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. Amen. I, I like it from that, from that translation, don't you? All right. Got your Bible there or something or iPad or whatever. I want you to turn now to Matthew 6.24. We're going to read down through 34. Praise the Lord. You know, since when you really when you really understand the finished work of the cross, and you also understand that that uh, the end product is union with Christ. Amen. The new creation is not. I mean, even some so-called grace preachers fall short. They're not understanding union with Christ because you end up with an idea that well, we understand about being picked up from. The kingdom of darkness, cleansed and cleaned and all that, and put into the kingdom of his dear son. But now it's like we're just a cleaned up version of what we were. But no, we're, we're even beyond that. We are now a part of the new creation, not just a new creature. The King James is a little blind on that on Second Corinthians five. If you look at other translations, it says a part of the new creation. So there's a new man, which is uh, Christ and his body. Hallelujah. So then no wonder when Paul was dealing with fornication in the Corinthian church, uh, he said that, have you forgotten that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And he said, have you forgotten that you are joining, would you join Christ with a harlot? He didn't just say, don't you feel bad how dirty you have been? You should repent and, you know, clean yourself up. But he says, you've forgotten that now everything you do, you're dragging Christ in with it. Interesting, right? So that the thing is, the big picture, the victory, if you want to say, the power is in understanding we are in union with Christ. Hallelujah. One with him. So all this can that's why all this confession of sin nonsense and everything doesn't work with understanding union with Christ, because, you know, what are you going to what do you turn to Christ that you're a part of? And you do. I don't OK. I don't know how all that works. People work it very well, apparently. But uh, the, 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 the trouble with that is the, the more sin conscious you are the less Christ-conscious you are. It would have to be. Because you're not separated from the head. You're not just a body running around headless, but you're a part of the whole. Praise God. And for us to be a part of the whole, we would have to continuously... My God, that's a big word. (laughs) I went to school in Georgia. We were 49th in the nation for education. They didn't give us big words like that. (laughs) We could always count on Mississippi to be 50. Praise the Lord. (laughs) It saved us from being at the bottom. (laughs) Continuously, continuously, continuously. The word of the day is continuously. (laughs) Like O'Reilly, the word of the day. Okay. We have, we would have to, uh, continuously, 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 I'll show God how sorry I really was about that and, and I'll really, I'll really, I'll really get it through to Him that I really have true remorse. Are you following me? Are y'all still here? Okay. Praise God. Make sure the rapture didn't take place and I'm the only one left in the maybe center. That would be an indictment, wouldn't it? 
He couldn't even go from head to heaven from O-R-U. <laughs> Preaching that stuff. That's bad when you don't go to heaven from salsa. God, everybody's saved here. The sinners are saved here. You can't go to heaven from Tulsa. You're just in trouble, man. You're toast. Well, anyway, uh, the the idea the idea that we're we're gonna somehow you know um, we're gonna do something. You know, I mean, has anybody here ever really done something terrible and you really felt terrible about it? You had you know, true remorse, and and you were embarrassed in front of God. You've embarrassed yourself, and and everything. And you want to do something. It's just human nature to want to make it right. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to show God. And the the trouble with that is, the minute you cross that line, you're out of true humility. You're you're you you've forgotten that righteousness is a gift of God. While we were still complete, total sinners, Christ died for us. So what could we possibly bring, even at our best, what's our best remorse? Our, is this helping anybody today? Our, our best remorse, our best uh, bad feeling, uh, sadness, uh, regret. That's, a, that's, that's part of it, regret. I regret our best announcement and vow that we'll never do that again. And bringing all that to the foot of the cross. Glory. (laughs) If you preach it that way, it really comes across, I tell you. Brother David really, he really put the fire to our feet. <laughs> That's what people call really preaching, you know, when you're really, uh, they felt the flames. One lady's dress got on fire. He had to put it out with the communion water. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You can order all that stuff in the back of Charisma, you know, <laughs> kits for things. Christian kits, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought of some kits so we could sell and make a lot of money for the ministry, but they're, you know, I, you, you, once you go down that road, yes, 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 no. Anyway, uh, so, you know, all of our best, this isn't part of the message, I just came out, but all of our best effort of regret and remorse and sadness and, 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 and denouncements and, and saying that's not the word and it's not the heart of God what I did and da 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 da, all that, uh, is still is an unclean offering. You understand, it it is defiled in comparison to the holy blood of Christ. So that's why Paul said in Philippians, I'll take all of my very best attributes, um, you know, as a God person and count it as a pile of dung. So when we are bragging about all we've done for the Lord, and blah, 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 we're just saying, look at my dung pile that I've made. Mine's higher than yours. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, moving right along. Did you find Matthew 6 yet? Yes. It's in the New Testament. 
All right, no, no one. We're going to start reading at verse 24. This is Jesus talking, not some TV preacher you don't like. This is Jesus. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever else is trusted in. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy. This is amplified. Stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body or what you shall put on is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing. Now, so much of our faith and prayer and chanting, somebody called it the other day, we don't like to call it chanting here in Tulsa, but it becomes chanting if you're not careful. Uh, but it becomes some sort of an effort to, uh, you know, the, the idea, well, the blessings of God belong to you, but now you got it. God did his part. But you got to do your part. Anybody ever heard that? God, you got to do your part and you got to put forth your effort. And, uh, and, and, and so you've got to think about all this. You've got to, everything you, you wear, everything you have, you have to claim it. You have to snort. <laughs> make a huge effort. And, uh, depending on the size of, and quality of your faith, will depend on what you get. Like the, I know this one guy, his wife, they were claiming a new car years ago, you know, claiming it by faith and standing on a couple of scriptures. And uh, so this lady felt impressed of the Lord to give this as a pastor and his wife a, a car. Well, they had been claiming a nice car, you know, and the car was delivered. And it was a car that had been in the backyard for a while starting to be a flower pot. Things were growing out of it. Both sides were bashed in because the elderly lady that owned it had got it stuck in the bank teller line. And she <laughs> smashed it on that side trying to get it out and smashed it on the other side to get it out. So at least it was matching concave doors. She redesigned this car. The back window was busted out, you know, and the critters had been in there and they had to tow it and drop it off in the front yard. She felt led of the Lord, she said, to give this to the church. And so the pastor said he told his wife, honey, come out and look at what our faith produced. <laughs> that they got a ways to go. <laughs> You think, well, we need greater faith because this isn't good. <laughs> so it's always for us here in the holy city. It's become a, always an issue of faith and how big is our faith and how great is our. Am I being too bold? Is this all right? How great is our faith? How big is our faith? You know, and is there are there hindrances to our faith and. And, uh, you know, is, are, are there, are we in, are we even in God's will? And if we're not, maybe that's the reason things aren't working. And, and, uh, you know, check up on your tithing. You missed 59 cents and <laughs> one time and, you know, that tip you got, you didn't tithe off of that. I don't know. You know, it never ends. It ends the things to do. We have preventative faith. We have, uh, you know, uh, sustaining faith, perfect will faith. Uh, it, it, it becomes very complicated. Does it, am I, am I speaking Mandarin Chinese or, okay. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But notice here, this, this to me is exciting. Cause you know, we read this for years. It was always about provision, but we didn't know provision based on what? Is it provision based on our faith? 
or is it provision based on something God's providing? So now look here. He says, uh, look. So he says, is, is life not greater? I love this question. Is, is, is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. Ew. Ooh, Brother Horton, don't read that. Because, you see, uh, we've also been taught that everything we have is from a result of sowing and reaping. Like we almost start with nothing from God, except a little forgiveness until we rewrite it on the board and then we get our First John 1, 9 magic eraser, take it off. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> I I don't have anything to lose, folks. I've been cursed by the best cursors you've ever heard. So, just might as well put it out there. I I I burnt the the ships like Cortez. I have no way back. That's a good place to be because you just didn't preach the truth, you know. But the ships are burnt and they are now a coral reef. Federally protected, by the way. Um, so he says, look at the birds. Why is Jesus saying this? You think he's making a point or just is it just poetic Bible stuff? He's flowing. He was such a beautiful flow. No, he's got a point to say in this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns. And yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Now, that's a picture of grace. It's a picture of God's provision based on nothing but his love for his creation. Because he's feeding the birds and doesn't ask them to sow anything. I just thought I'd point that out. Are you not? Yeah, well, that's birds. They can't help it. They don't understand they can't go to the prosperity conference. <laughs> they don't let birds in. So God has to feed them. Well, Jesus didn't know this, and he keeps talking. <laughs> Are you not worth much more than they? Ooh. Now, wait a minute. He says, we're, we're, Jesus said, we're worth more than birds, and God's not requiring birds to sow in order to reap. We don't give and tithe, and tithe just means, you know, a 10%, but it's a, it's a number. You could start there. You don't, I mean, you don't have to get all religious about it on the other side either and storm the Bastille over the word tithe. But, on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, giving, let's just say it, say that giving is just a, a part of our generous hearts and we give to what we believe in. And and I believe in the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> I give to the gospel because I want to and I believe in it. I don't give to the gospel because I have to. God does not have a gun to my head or a curse hanging to. You do it or I'll curse you. And be and be hilarious about it. <laughs> Alright? But we're not... God, Father, God, is not feeding the birds because they've sown. He's feeding them because He cares about them. Alright? So if He cares about birds... And he says, are you not worth much more than they? Yes, because Jesus didn't die on the cross for birds. He died on the cross for people. Amen. And who of you, by worrying or being anxious, can add one unit measure cubit to his stature or to the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. Learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. No works there either. Yet I tell you, even Solomon 
in all of his magnificence, excellence, dignity and grace was not arrayed like one of these. That's from first Kings 10, four through seven. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and green and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, meaning with everything you would need, not just clothing. I believe that's all provision. Oh, ye. Now, look at this. Here's the part that I never understood till recently. Oh, you of little faith. Now, let's talk about that a second. Have I still got your attention today? Oh, you of little faith. Now, it seems to me that he would say, oh, you of great faith. That, you know, you don't worry. Those We've been sort of taught, those of us who you wouldn't worry or, or have any anxiety or fear, you know, of lack coming in your life if you had great faith, because it's your great faith that that's given God something to work with. You ever heard that? You know, your faith, God needs your faith to have something to work with. And I got to always be working on my faith. Got to make sure it stays up there. Make sure there's nothing that hinders it. Got to got big faith. And then I give my I give God my big faith, my greater faith, <laughs> greater, bigger, faster, less sin laden. Out of God's will laden faith. And then I give God something to work with and the provision that he's already given, but we can't get it because we got to go through the 19 steps. We finally get something. Praise God. And then externalism kicks in. Praise God for externalism always available in church land. And you get statements like, well, you did you see brother so-and-so? You can sure tell the blessing of God is on his life. Did you see his new car? <laughs> My Lord, God's blessed him. He might have blessed him with the least payment, too. You don't know. <laughs> You've seen that group, too. Not all everything's not always what it appears. You can't tell by looking at anybody what's going on in their soul and their spirit or whatever, their spiritual life. You can't tell the works and things God's doing for them by looking at anything external. Did you see Jesus on that video? He looks like a hippie. <laughs> Got on sandals and his kind of scruffy beard. He needs a new razor. His long hair. Going around saying peace, man. <laughs> well, look at that guy. You can sure tell the blessing of God's on him. He walks around, has to borrow a donkey. <laughs> Is it true, isn't it? Would you have looked at Jesus? My Lord, look at him. That prosperity is all over him. I tell you, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Little Pentecostal Tourette's kicks in and you never know what's going to happen next. Uncontrollable things. Takes you over. Notice he said, he didn't say, oh, you of great faith. He said, oh, you have little faith. What's that mean? Well, it's obviously that God's not doing all this providing based on your faith. They flew you into Tulsa to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, afraid so. Oh, you of little faith. It's not about our faith. It's about his love. Our faith is nothing more than agreeing with his love. He loves me. He loves me. He's providing for me everything I need spiritually, 
emotionally, my soul, my spirit. Pick which series you want for that. I don't care. Uh, we have wars over that. Is it the spirit or the soul or the heart? Who cares? You know, it's it's everything we need is in is in Christ. Hallelujah. And in God's God's uh, doing everything for us. We used to sing little choruses. He's my everything. He's my all in all. He's he's my provider of every provider of what? Whatever I need. Praise the Lord. Is this helping anybody? Well, half of you. All right. Praise God. Now, he says, oh, you of little faith. So it's not about our faith. He says, therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, what are we going to have to eat? What are we going to have to drink? What are we going to have to wear? For the Gentiles, the heathen, those without a covenant, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. But seek, aim, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. Now, the name of His kingdom is righteousness. It's all in righteousness. His way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Not because of your faith, but because of His provision. Now, nothing builds my faith greater than thinking about that. All right, praise the Lord. All these things will be given. So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Now, look at Hebrews, one last scripture. Look at Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Did you get anything out of this today? Rest in Him. Well, what about, and then, you know, whole list of things. What about this and what about that? Rest. Rest in Him. We have to remind ourselves to rest. Otherwise, we'll start trying to make lessons about how to get grace. I'm telling you, I've heard them. Well, they're preaching grace. They got 19 steps to greater grace. Come on. What's, there's only one. There's only one step to grace. And that's receiving the gift. Second Corinthians, come freely. See, five, says, uh, uh, like 19, uh, 20, 21, 21. Freely accept this gift of grace now offered. Gift of, free gift of grace is like redundant words. I mean, it all means the same. If it's not free, it's not a gift. And if it's not a gift, it's not free. And if it's not a gift and free, it's not grace. How do you know? Do you, well, I want to make sure I'm living in grace. How do I know? Well, is it free and is it a gift? And did you do anything to add to it or help it? If you did, you're out of grace. You're into works. It's so easy to get into works. I tell you, we're just so programmed for it, especially us faith people. We are so programmed that everything we do, we got to bring our side to it. Well, I'll bring, I'll bring the potato salad. No, it's provided. Well, I need to bring something. I feel bad. Leave the potato salad at home. It went bad. People die from that. <laughs> Employee picnics. People die from bad potato salad. Well, I just made it last week. I don't know why. Okay. Hebrews 4, 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from His. Now, folks, God's not in, in heaven working hard either. Oh, my Lord. You know, we could just go on and on. This whole thing about revival, how we have to, to pump, prime the pump for revival. You know, we're, 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 
we're praying, we're, we're pressing in, we're pressing in. God has all these fabulous things He wants to do, but He can't because we haven't, you know, sung right, hit the right note, danced the right dance, beat our head against the... What is it? Maybe if we bite each other in the service, that would prove <laughs> something. Now, I've been in meetings my entire adult life where we've sung until the blood came out of our throat. And, you know, we've fasted and we've prayed and we've contended. The contending. You ever been to a contending meeting? Contending. Contending for revival. Contending for the outflow. Contending for the overflow. Contending for the, you know, and then there's levels of, you know, it's... It, Never in the flood, the greater flood, the higher flood. My flood's bigger than yours. <laughs> Going to sweep the land with the prophecies. The rivers will turn into oceans and the oceans will turn into, I don't know, tsunamis and uh, whatever. It says, and, and, and God's not in heaven trying to figure out how to work harder to bless the people. The Bible says that God has ceased from works. He's not trying to work and waiting for us to hit the magic revival button. Well, they those people hit pay dirt. It's coming. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. You'll turn purple. He that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore. What's our labor? There, uh, here's the labor. I knew, I knew there was going to be work. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So what we have have painted a picture of, of, of a person in faith, of doing all this claiming and, 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 and scripture quoting and pacing. We've heard those stories of, I was up pacing through the night and back and forth across the living room and, and, and chanting and pacing and rebuking and binding and biting and spitting and bleeding. Uh, we, we, say, we say, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that faith, I tell you. That's faith right there. Look at that magnificent example of faith. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> We go off into divers' kinds of tongues just thinking about something like that. But that's not, you know what, you know what faith looks like? I'll tell you what faith looks like. It looks like Jesus asleep on a pillow in the boat in the midst of a sinking storm while everybody else is bailing and rebuking. Amen. And the devil will try to stir us up. You know, the crisis of life comes to us on a silver platter. And the devil will say, you better get... You know, even folks that who understand something about grace and finished work and righteousness, if you're not careful, when things happen not good, you'll be tempted. You'll be tempted worse than a hot Krispy Kreme donut on the stick on a cold day with the hot sign on. <laughs> You'll be tempted to do works. You be. I, I'm going to stop watching Downton Abbey. I'm going to quit taking the newspaper. I'm going to make a list of everybody that I've ever, you know, offended or thought that uh, offended me. Blah blah. I'm only going to talk in tongues in Hebrew around the house. <laughs> It's true, right? I mean, we turn into like weirdos <laughs> over crisis number 16. And the devil, what are you going to do? The devil and Christians will stand before you. What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do now? We better get we better get all the I'm going to get the prayer people around. We'll keep you up at night for hours chanting. We'll have teams organized to come in and chant. I've been, I've seen that. And, uh, you know, they got prayer team A in the ICU and prayer team B outside. They're the ones that don't know them personally and aren't approved. <laughs> and on and on and on and on. Praise tapes going. I think a lot of people have died just to get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> that about send me out. <laughs> You might wake up in one of those situations and think, wow, I thought I was a Christian. Here I am in hell. I'm in charismatic hell. <laughs> oh, what did I do, Lord? I thought I was a Christian. <laughs> yes, this is it. For eternity, you're going to be with these people chanting the praise tapes. <laughs> That would be hell. Think about it. (laughs) The thing is, if it worked great, I've never seen anybody really come out of a whole lot from those things, you know. Usually by the tail end of it, you know. I don't know. And they bring me in. Bring in David Horton. He can raise anything from the dead. Praise God. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, praise God. We've, we've, we've got this rest to enter into. Glory to God. And so actually, that's when I think of great faith or great trust, I get an image of Jesus asleep on the pillow in the midst of the storm. What are you going to do about this, this situation, Brother David? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to rest. I'm going to act like God's on the throne. I'm going to act like God's got my back. I'm going to act like He's loving me more than birds and flowers. Hallelujah. I'm not going to bind, rebuke anything because it was already bound and rebuked. Hallelujah. The devil's power was broken at Calvary. He's over. Now I'm resting in the goodness of God. Amen. That's my life. Who wants to join me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord, Pastor. God bless you all.